Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. How's it going everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the In All Things podcast. My name is Mitch Frost. I'm here with Pastor Steve Markle. How's it going? It's going great. Anything to, to share with us today about your morning so far? I mean, I shoveled snow for the first time this year. Wow. That's what exciting. a day. Yeah. What a day. Mm. We risked our lives to be here today. So this yes. better be the best episode we've ever recorded. I know. Is it a level one now? Did it downgrade? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But we, the roads weren't that bad. Yeah. So. Well, if you aren't in the Ohio area, yes. which probably isn't many of you, but uh, we got hit with pretty bad snowstorm last night. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it wasn't I, terrible, yeah. but it was the first big one of the year. Yeah, so, so there's a lot of hype yeah, and everybody right. freaking out. So yeah. yeah, But it did affect you last night. It did, yeah. We uh, we had to cancel our student ministry, mm. but we it was like kind of a last-second decision because all day we kept obviously checking the radar, hearing that it was going to be bad, but it was like, oh, it's not going to be bad until 8 or 9, so right. don't worry about it. And then uh, we, I was kind of leaving the house and getting ready to drive here, and I was like... It, uh, from inside, I was like, oh, it's just raining, so it's going to be fine. And then I got in my car, and I was like, my whole car's frozen. My windshield's frozen. There's ice everywhere. But, hey, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I drove to the church and slid like four times. Right. And then there was a couple leaders already here, and I was like, yeah, we, we yeah, should Yeah, that freezing rain is worse than the snow. So yeah. And then it snowed on top of it. The, so, right. so it was the right call, but just, yeah. yeah. But anyway, we're here. Um, but, yeah, the bar's high because, you know, it's our day off. Martin yes, Luther King yes, Day. Yes. But we're here. We're recording an episode. We we had to shovel our driveways and our cars I mean, wow. to get here. So such sacrifice. This has got to be. This has got to be a <laughs> okay. good one. Okay. I'm, right. I'm raising the expectation for you. For you too. Okay. All fair right. enough. But anyway, um, it's Martin Luther King Day. Yes. So um, I just wanted to talk about that for a moment. Just kind of what that represents. Um, and who he was a little bit. Right. Um, how much do you know about the Mr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Well, you know, I'm older than you, but I, true. I was not alive. During his time, of course, I was born in the 70s, well, in the 70s, 12 days into the 70s. Right. But, of course, his uh, his time was before that. But, I mean, his legacy is unbelievable and mm-hmm. what he did. Uh, just watching some news this morning and listening to people talk about the impact he made. Yeah. And it still is making. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy because for you, only four or five years before that was when he was assassinated. Right. So, Correctly. I mean, it was like right Correct. before. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Um, I've... Yet again, as we talked about some different historical events, for me it was mostly history class in high right. school where I learned about him. Right, me too, for yeah. him. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it, it, and it's crazy because people who knew him well and were there during his whole life are alive now. Some Correct. of them. And his, right. his children are alive. Yes. Uh, and so they talk about him and just the reputation that he has, mm-hmm. who he was, everything he stood for is pretty awesome. It's yes. something to, to marvel for sure. Um, and so I did a little bit of just mm-hmm. research reminding myself of some of like his life, the big moments of who he was. Um, born January 15th. Okay. So right. two days ago. Okay. Today's the 17th. All right. Uh, 1929 in right. Atlanta, Georgia. Right. So that's when he was born. Um, and then he was assassinated April 4th, 1968. So two years before you were mm-hmm. you were born. So right. you, you just missed him. Yeah. I mean, he'd be, so he'd be 93, I guess. Or 93, or 93. Yeah, yeah. My grandmother was born the same year. She's yeah. still living. But it's, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It is. Yeah. And uh, all throughout school, um, everything you read says that he was just like top of his class every year. Mm-hmm. He skipped two grades before he graduated high school um, just because he was so advanced at everything that he did. And then he graduated from high school. And uh, the whole time he was actually pretty skeptical of Christianity. I don't know if you've heard this. No. Um, but his dad was uh, a preacher. Right. And he, so he was raised in the church and everything. But as he kind of grew up and graduated high school and went to college, he was just kind of skeptical. Didn't really know if it was his thing. Right. Um, 
and then he ended up going to some revival service with some friends in college, okay. and he got saved, and then he went into ministry. So he okay. went to seminary. He became a preacher. Right. Um, I mean, as we know from some of his speeches, he's just he was an awesome communicator, oh, very, very gifted yeah. with that. Right. Um, and so he was, he was a pastor, preacher, did all of those things, very similar to us. Um, and then Rosa Parks happened. So right. we know the story of Rosa Parks. She wouldn't give up her seat. Mm. She was arrested. She right. spent the rest of her life in jail. Uh, when that moment happened, that was what actually propelled him to step into the civil rights movement. Okay. Um, when he saw that take place and everything that happened there, he decided, you know what? Because of my gift of speaking and leading, I'm going to step into this position and, and speak up for these things. Right. So that's where he started, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then the first thing that he actually changed was buses. Right. So it yeah. was, that was pretty that, awesome as well. Wow. Um, but I didn't know that. I, no, I, I didn't know I was that. You know, that, I, I was like, oh, it's been such a while since <laughs> I actually studied history. History is never my best subject in school. So, yeah. But I just, the thing that stands out to me is his message was always of love. It wasn't mm-hmm. a hateful message. And mm-hmm. so much of that has gotten diluted today, too, mm-hmm. and really changed into so much hate in, in, in all of the racial conflict that we have. Yeah, both sides. It's, yeah, it's oh, very, yeah, absolutely. Very hateful and heated yeah. a lot of the times. And if you read quotes from him or watch speeches, of, it's like, Oh my gosh! Like the, the only golden, thing he did his was quotes love. are so good, uh, so good, and there's so <laughs> many of them. I, I know, I know. Yeah, um, and then as he got into the civil rights movement and and really stood up for different things, he was jailed 20 times for standing up and, and wow. speaking. Uh, he was stabbed in the chest at one okay. point. Uh, his family's house was bombed. Uh, while his family was inside, he was actually out of town speaking somewhere a couple hours down the road, and his family's house was bombed in the middle of the night. And this was the coolest. I, I watched a whole documentary on this just to mm-hmm. remind myself of, of his history, and this was one of my favorite stories. His house is bombed. Everybody's okay somehow. Okay. Um, and all of his supporters that were kind of rallying with him at the time show up to his house with guns and with bats, mm-hmm. and they're ready to go because this is obviously a horrible thing that just right. happened. And he finally gets there, and he stands up in front of all of them, and he's like, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna riot. We're not gonna get angry. We're, we're gonna love them back." And everybody's like, wow. "Holy cow!" And <laughs> people who were in that crowd are still alive yeah. today, and they talk right. about like that's the moment we realize like, okay, this guy is he's the real deal. Like right, what right. he stands for is right. is huge. That's so, why he's respected by everybody oh, on both sides of the you know of political sides and every race. I mean, I never heard. Anybody, white or black or any color, that has put down the Reverend Martin Luther King right. Jr. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in 1964, he became the youngest man ever to win the Nobel Peace Prize, okay. which is pretty awesome. Wow. Um, and then after that, um, they passed the... Uh, I don't know the official name for it, but mm-hmm. they finally gave um, colored people the right to vote Voting in rights. 1965. Mm-hmm. That happened uh, with Lyndon B. Johnson. Right. But um, that's... What happened afterwards was the marches on Selma. Right. Because even though that passed uh, in terms of our government, they still didn't didn't right. really have the right to vote. Right. Um, the government officials would keep them out of voting areas. Um, sometimes their votes wouldn't even be counted. And so even though they technically— and certain regions of the country were uh-huh. worse than others. And so yeah. what happened yeah. was then they had these, mm-hmm. these marches where they marched from mm-hmm. Selma to, I believe—I'm forgetting and where they went, but a big capital. Yeah. Um, and they just walked for miles and miles and right. miles and miles, and they changed the whole voting mm-hmm. system. So it was right. pretty amazing. Me and Lexi watched um, Selma, the movie, yeah. on Friday night because um, they were showing it in theaters all weekend. But right. we watched it at which, home, which is awesome. A great example of peaceful protest, right, mm-hmm. of how you can protest something and get a point across, yeah. get it made, 
and get change. Yeah, and that's a big thing that he stood yeah. for. Um, and he said from the beginning of his whole movement was he realized how much could be done just from you know getting people together for the same right. cause. Um, right. But he does have quotes on the fact that you know rioting and those types of things are the voice of the unheard and and right, uh, right. and all these things. And so he did stand for you know just yeah everything. But yeah. he was awesome. Right. Um, and yeah, the movie that we watched was really, really good about him and no, his life. Okay. But it was just good to really right. get into That's who good, he yeah. was because it's right. kind of my first experience with all of that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, today's an exciting day. I mean, it's good yeah, it is. It's a great on day. One of my favorite movies of all time um, is Remember the Titans, hmm. which, uh, as you've um, I know, watched, and it, it takes place in the early 70s, right after Martin Luther, right after his, not long after his death, I guess, yeah. but it was um, in the. Um, Northern Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia area, and it was when they first put kids in school together. Yeah. And all, we, you know, most everybody's watched that movie, but it really just gets me stirred up emotionally for civil rights and for equality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the message of mm-hmm. that and how people can come together, yeah. like they did in that movie. But. Right. And as we know, uh, most people know that he was assassinated um, on the balcony of his hotel room. I actually didn't know that. Right. Um, but yeah, he walked outside of his hotel room one morning and was shot. Right. So yeah. by um, what's his name? James Earl Ray. Yeah. Is the right. name of the guy. Right. But um, so, I mean, very, died very early. I, yeah. I only can imagine he's one of those right. people that makes you wonder how much he could have done. Right. If he would have lived a full yeah. life. Would he still be alive today? That's Possibly. True. You knows? know. Um, but anyway. There are a lot of conversation around Martin Luther King, all the things that he stood for, especially this time of year. Um, but it's important to keep that in our minds all the time. But just because he changed so much and really pushed the limits of a lot of equality, like you said, mm-hmm. and rights for everybody, doesn't mean that the fight is over. <laughs> I think no. that's one misconception that some people well, sometimes like to believe is that, well, you know, you, they had <laughs> these big moments like that, and Martin Luther King stood for all this, and so everything was solved after that moment. But well, we wouldn't we be know where we are today <laughs> if that was true. But, right. right. Um, and so, yes, it was an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. movement for people uh, of minorities everywhere when Martin Luther mm-hmm. King stood for that and everything that he did. And there's been people like him, uh, but maybe not to no, his level no. of impact and respect, Correct. but um, it doesn't mean that the fight is over, mm-hmm. right? We, I mean, we can all agree that America is in a very divided place, and there's lots of tension that comes with racial inequality and racial relations. Mm-hmm. And um, just here's a disclaimer: <laughs> uh, you and I have never experienced that those types of things, um, and so it's it would be wrong for us to sit here on the on a platform like this on a podcast like this and talk about like we know the ins and outs of a, of racial inequality and oppression and all those types of things we don't we we don't know what it's like uh and so we don't want to pretend that we do no right? no that that's why i mean even this conversation i love having it but it also makes me nervous because i don't want to say anything mm-hmm. that even gives implication that i know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. when it comes to putting myself in somebody else's shoes right. like that, that I've not been there. No. And so I don't want to say anything insensitive or uh, overly sounding wise when right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we haven't yeah. been there. Our families haven't been right. there. Right. Uh, we just haven't experienced what it's like to live in the shoes of um, Martin Luther King or, or any of his family right. members or anybody like that. Yes. Um, and so just for those of you listening and watching, we are excited to at some point sit down with somebody who knows better than us right. because I think you and I are both eager for education on the topic mm-hmm. and, right. and more perspective on the topic. Right. But you and I can't give that, right? Right. And I think, too, the, new, the news is so um, off the center. It's so far to the left or so far to the right, depending mm-hmm. on what you watch. And it's so biased that you can't – it's hard to get – 
accurate information that you right. can trust. And I mean, I, there's some people I, I listen to that I, I trust, but still, I want to hear from people that are actually experiencing things mm -hmm. and that you know can speak to that. So, so yeah. stay tuned for that. Yeah. We are very excited for that. Yeah. Um, but th today's not going to be that conversation. That's good. <laughs> First <laughs> I, and foremost, though, I'm relieved. Um, yeah, from a biblical perspective, I do want to talk about it for a moment. Um, was racism something that America invented whenever we <laughs> discovered America? Is that is that how it happened? I think you know the answer. Did to that we question. coin the term of uh, racism? I don't and, think and so. invent it because we just wanted to. No, I I think you know the answer to that. It's one of those questions. Uh, I you know in the Bible, obviously you see it. I mean, mm -hmm. Paul had to address it. Uh, there's neither Jew nor Greek in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody is equal in God's eyes. But people absolutely had race issues mm -hmm. all throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something that we came up with, no. right? Or something no. that oh, this would be fun to to do this. No, right? no, it's it's been there. It's it's something Absolutely. that is in the Bible. The Bible speaks to it, um, and we we may have a whole episode on that, just dissecting I mean, the different ways yeah, that the I mean, Bible big, talks about it. I mean, you it. look at specifically the the way the Jews hated the Samaritans, and there's so many stories, even you know, relative to Jesus that he yeah. shared, like how people were so were so mean and hateful, mm -hmm. and how he broke down barriers and yeah. people were like, what are you doing? Yeah. Okay. So, people thought he was crazy uh, yeah, right? because exactly. he, he was stepping over racial and cultural lines right. to prove and display the fact that what he was coming to bring, the message that he was delivering was for everybody. Yes. Right. Right. Um, and that's something that is, I, I don't think you can properly read the gospel or the Bible, especially the New Testament, and not see that that's there. The right. fact that, right. you know, they were really breaking down racial barriers and trying to say, hey, yeah. this this message, yes. maybe at one point it was for a specific group of people, and right. that's the way we interpreted it, but not anymore. It's, you know, that's, Jesus came that's for right. everybody. That's you correct. Know? Yeah. And, and the story that you brought up of the Samaritans, we have the very famous story of the woman at the well. Right. Right. And, and, and Jesus literally went to this well uh, out of their way. They was not on the path of their journey. They go to this well and Jesus uh, sits with this woman who his own disciples, the whole town thought he was crazy for even talking to her because not only was she right. different racially than him, but um, her own people didn't even like her. Well, <laughs> she had and, a terrible and, reputation, too. And so, also in the culture back then. It was wrong, but yeah. men didn't talk to women out in broad daylight like right. that. So he so broke he broke so many I mean, rules. It wasn't just <laughs> racial. It was yeah. gender. It was all that stuff that they were like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So so uh, it's yeah. just it's something that you can't really separate from the gospel, no. in my opinion. No. Um, if we really do believe that Jesus died for all people, he came for all people, then right. his message is for all people, right. Right? right? And if we're trying to, every single day to mold ourselves to be like him, right. then that's something we have to that's keep right. in our minds at all times. But, hey. We're going to have this conversation in depth at some point very soon uh, with somebody who has a perspective that you and I don't have. That sounds good. But this does bring an interesting topic to the table. I want to talk about for a few moments today um, the problem of perspective. Okay. Where, do, where do you think I'm going to go with this? Do you have any, any guesses? <laughs> well, no. I really don't. <laughs> Um, I know you love to surprise me. so I do. I like to keep you on your toes. But um, the problem of perspective, I want to talk about this for, for today's episode because I think it's really, really important, especially when we're um, kind of starting this conversation around Martin mm -hmm. Luther King Jr. and all those types of things. Um, there's a problem in every human being where we think, even if we don't realize it, we think that our way of doing things or our way of living is the only way or is the only right way. And even if we never say this out loud or we never tell anybody this or we never even realize it in our own hearts, uh, I think we all struggle with this to some degree. Would you say that's true or not true? Oh, absolutely. 
I and agree. Have you, have you, where or how have you seen that true with your own life? Well, I, I feel like often I'm in the sandwich, middle of the sandwich, in terms of generations in my family, because we do a lot with our family. And I have my parents and my grandmother, and then I have uh, my children and their children. So we got, it's awesome. But my parents' perspective and then your age perspective, it's different. It just absolutely. And I feel like I'm supposed to keep uh, understanding what they're saying, and I know why they're saying what they're saying, and understand what you're saying, and try to um, not let it all just become opinion. And my opinion is more important because I'm older, mine's more important because I'm younger, and you guys don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to bring that all together is stressful. And then, you know, as pastor of a church, knowing that every time I preach, I can't just think, oh, well, I'm 50. What do, what do 50 year olds think? Mm-hmm. I got to think, what do 20 somethings think? What do 70 somethings think? And it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But bringing that perspective, um, of talking to different people at different ages and understanding that, bringing that together, bringing it you know, back to the Bible, all that matters. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think that this is something that everybody struggles with or just the people who maybe are in those sandwich generations or have those older and younger influences on them? Or do you think everybody everywhere has this kind of inside idea that to some degree, hey, the way that I'm doing things or the way that I live is the best way to do it or maybe the only way to do it. I think everybody struggles with that to some extent. Yeah. I think that we're in a position as pastors where we don't have the option because I, I think in and of itself, it's it's selfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, to not consider how other people think mm-hmm. and to think that our way is the best way. And I think, you know, all of us need to be open-minded to hear and to learn other people's perspectives. But I do think that... Um, that, that most people, unless it's your job to study culture mm-hmm. and to really understand all the different generations, you learn how you want to do things in life and what your perspective is. And it's, you know, it's like anything. If you just listen to the same people talking all the time, you listen to the same newscasts all the time, you read the same things all the time, you're going to think that way and act that way. If you surround yourself with just the same people that are yeah. just like you, you don't understand the rest of the world very yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, it's a very hot topic word to say right now of echo chamber. Mm -hmm. A lot of people talk about echo chambers right now and how basically if you don't know what that means, what that means is you are in an echo chamber when you surround yourself with people who think like you, look like you, and talk like you. And so everything that you say, everything that you feel is going to be echoed back to you because the people you're surrounded with on a close level feel the exact same way. Mm -hmm. And the problem with living in an echo chamber all the time is that uh, you don't see the rest of the world, right? Right, And even if you think you do, or you, oh man, I'm learning about this topic. Well, you're actually learning about it from a perspective that's the same as yours, right? Right. right. So it's really, really, really tricky. It is tricky. Yeah. It challenges me all the time. I get frustrated by it when I hear people um, get, like maybe people talk about uh, they're in a small group even, and somebody says something that's different than the opinion of the majority of the group. And mm-hmm. they're like, I can't believe they said that. Well, why do you think they said that? Mm-hmm. I always ask questions. Right. Why do you think they said that? What do you think their background is? Something may have happened in their life that make them think that way. Mm-hmm. So don't just judge that right away right. without trying to understand that. Yeah. Uh, it's vitally important. It I is. really, really believe it is. Um, and it's it's something too, like it's been proven time and time again that our phones at this point, social media technology, they will give you, um, you know, news articles. They'll give you Google searches. They'll give you people to follow mm-hmm. that are curated and based on the other things that you like. And so Correct. our own culture, technology, right. all of the things is 
is building this idea that we can right. live in one world right. with one perspective, right? right? And that's, right. I mean, it's it's everywhere. And, right. and the news stations that you watch, the things that you're into, they're just repeating and regurgitating the things that you already know and believe. Right. But there's a, a bunch of other perspectives that maybe would say other things, right? That's but right. you're like, oh, that's I'm right. never going to listen to them because I see it this way. Right. But what would it look like if we stepped outside of our comfort zone, outside of our perspective and started to see other things, right? Because there's other yeah. things out there. It's real del- a real dilemma for us because, you know, um, we can't be ignorant of the news. We can't be ignorant of what's going on. But where do you get your news? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Where? Do you, and I, I'll flip back and forth between different stations, and they can be talking about the exact same thing, and the story is exactly the opposite, mm-hmm. like, bias to it. Like, where is the middle ground? Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to take that and be able to listen for the truth and try to dissect the truth. But that's not easy for us to do. And, right. And we're, you know, there are there are settings in ministry where you feel this pressure. Like you can hang out, like you said, the echo chamber where you want to hang out with people that say the same things that you're saying because it feels good, yeah. right? It feels good. It's easy. It's, oh, it it's more easy it that is, way. It is. I don't like, I mean, who likes just being challenged all the time? Right. Right. Um, and it doesn't mean it's not good to have people that think the same as you in your life. Mm-hmm. It just means, but there also is this point of, I need to hear other perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like on a very small scale level of this, and maybe you have a similar story that you can remember, but like I remember the first time, probably fourth or fifth grade, uh, and, and I've come from a home with siblings, two parents, married, mm-hmm. all of the things, and, and just right. had an awesome life, really. I'm very thankful for that. Right. But I remember the first time realizing like, wait, my friend, he his dad's not in the picture. Right. What? Why? Like that doesn't right. make any sense. Uh, his parents are divorced. Wait, what? Like, right. and just kind of like realizing for the first time that not every family looks like mine, right? right? And just because I'm very lucky to have a family like mine doesn't mean that everybody has that that story and, and that take on their life. And right. the fact that he didn't have a dad in the picture probably led to so many different things in his life that I never have to feel, right? Right. And, yeah. and if you start to go down that tr- that path, you realize, man, there's so many variables and details of people's stories and lives that make everybody's perspective different. That's right. You, know, you can't just assume that yours is the only one, no, right? No, I don't know true. if you have any memory of that or any stories like that where you realize like, man, people's experiences are different than the one that I'm living. I mean, you know, similar to you, I grew up the same way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just awesome family, you know, parents have been married 53 years now and uh, just a middle class, upper middle class maybe, but just good life. And then when you do come across people that mm-hmm. have had different than you, I, my, my um, 16 years before I moved to Ohio, so I, I've been here almost 11 years, but the 16 years before I was in Northern Virginia, right outside mm-hmm. of DC. And that time is so valuable for me and my family because uh, it exposed me to so many different people from so many different backgrounds, different cultures, different races. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, here, it's 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 very it's more static. But there, it was just constantly meeting different people from different you know backgrounds, economically, but racially, and a lot of military people that had moved all over the world. And I've had in my life just you know kind of much more stability than a lot of people have yeah. had. So I think that just adds to the perspective. Yeah, I think that's a big word, stability. I yeah. think you and I both have a perspective and an upbringing of stability, and some right. people just don't have that. Right. Uh, I remember my brother telling me he he is a teacher, a, um, a phys ed teacher, and at, in the school district that he was in before the one he's in now, mm-hmm. I remember at one point him uh, we were hanging out, and he was talking about, it was like very early on in him teaching there, and he was like, I just can't believe how eye-opening it is to see the different like homes that these students come from. And we were right. like, oh, int- like what do you mean? And right. he was like, 
Like I have, you know, multiple students in my class that basically are homeless at this point. And, and the only time that they get lunch, the only time that they get a, right. a real meal is at school. Right. And it's like, whoa. Right. Right. And then he was just had example after example of, of students, real lives of kids even that. Oh, yeah. Last night, this girl came in, or at school. She told me, yeah, last night, my mom, she was high and, and she couldn't even talk to me. So I had to get food on the table for my three brothers. Right. And she's like 11 years old. Right. 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 Like it's it's just this idea like. And and then you, you if you take that even further, then how do we expect them to hear, you know, about God being a father or God being good or God being all these different things? Because it's challenging for other people with different perspectives to say that that's true. That's right. Right. For you and me. Right. We were raised good. We had good mm-hmm. parents. We had a good father figure. We right. had stability in our lives. So when we attach those things to the figure of God, it's easy for us. That's right. But for some people, it's not as easy. No, that was a challenge as youth pastor, too, because yeah. you're going through that now. But it's. Yeah, not every not every kid has that. Right. Yeah. And right. recently, I know you were there too. We um, with the Brock Strong Foundation, we did right. something for an inner city school in Columbus. Right. And um, when Christy Johnson went there the first time to kind of look at the school and meet some people, uh, she was just kind of asking questions mm-hmm. about the students and things like that. And and the principal said, "Do you see that bench over there?" And, and Christy was like, yeah, "Yeah, of course, I see that bench over there." And and the principal was like, "Yeah, a, a daughter and, and a mother live on that bench, and she wakes up and walks over here to school." Right. And Christy was like, wait, that's real? Like, this is real life in our right. in our community, in, in our circle. Right. This is happening. Right? right. And just think about how everywhere that is. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, so everybody has different perspectives from stuff that's happened in my life, the way they were brought up. And, and uh, part of being a pastor, but I think more than that, part of being a Christ follower mm. is digging into their lives and trying to understand different people from different mm-hmm. perspectives. And that's yeah. a challenge. It's challenging. I heard, uh, um, I can't remember where it was. But um, it was on a podcast. I think one of my favorite ones might have been Levi Lesko's, but he was interviewing somebody who was talking about this idea of perspective. It's been a while since I've listened to it. But he kind of asked this question of, you know, when's the last time you've you've read a book or, or listened to a podcast or watched something from a perspective led by somebody that you don't agree with or somebody that is raised completely different than you or somebody who lives in a different country than you? Like, when's the last time you've done that? Mm. And it was kind of like, wow, that's challenging because for some of us, I don't think we have a last time since we've really no, done that. No, I think too, like the culture, the, the the spiritual culture we grew up in, and mine especially, I would say, it was more like we don't want to take, we don't want to risk a young mind being influenced by something that's wrong or off, mm-hmm. and we don't want anybody to read anything that could influence them to think differently. So let's just always read stuff that reinforces everything we already know and already believe with the fear that if I read a book that's written by an atheist, oh, I might become an atheist. Well, no, I'm not going to. Okay. But it's, but I think sometimes when you understand people that think differently, it helps you to maybe even know what you believe more. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. There's this whole idea right now that's everywhere. This idea of deconstructing your faith Mm. and this whole idea that it is important there's, there's, I don't know if you know Paul David Tripp. He's an yeah, older yeah. Yeah, scholar mm-hmm. that writes, mm-hmm. he's written a bunch of books, but he talks about how each and every Christian has to come to a point where they deconstruct their faith. Mm-hmm. And his whole point is deconstruction doesn't have to be bad. The whole point of deconstruction, for those of you who are like, what the heck does that mean? Mm-hmm. This whole idea that what you were given as you were raised by your parents or just kind of pushed on you as ideals or beliefs, right or wrong, this kind of stuff, you have to explore it for yourself. And sometimes you're going to find like, hey, I've been told this for years and it wasn't actually, like it's not in the Bible. It's not right, true. Right. This was just a cultural thing or, or a church thing that got pushed on me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't I don't actually believe that. Right? Each and every one of us have to come to this point where even the perspective of others, the way that we were raised in church or if you don't go to church, like we have to come to a place where we dissected ourselves. Right. right? And you, uh, we were meeting with 
with somebody last week and you were talking about how you had this big moment of realizing that you could wear, you know, ripped jeans or, or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember where this was, but, um, and you were just saying like, it was kind of this moment that you had in your denomination or the way that you were raised oh, okay. where okay. you realized that like, man, actually life is a lot more free than what I've been told for a long time. Well, yeah, I just, you know, I remember in college, even um, at a conservative Christian college, even exploring my faith more and some of the things that I grew up with that were more conservative and even things that were like, that's not what that means. Mm -hmm. the, you know, that verse was used wrong. You know, like that's not what that the, mm -hmm. the intent of that scripture was. So, right. yeah. And in, in, in coming back to even what we started with today, I mean, there's a verse that talks about not being unequally yoked mm -hmm. in relationship. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a youth group that was told that that means if you're white, you should not uh, date or marry a black person right. because that's unequally yoked. That is not at all no, very <laughs> what the Bible the teaching there. Yeah, so, right. yeah. Yeah, and, and I just think there's examples like that everywhere, mm -hmm. even outside of the faith. Right. Um, and so let's bring this in. Okay. What do we do about this problem of perspective? Obviously, we can say, okay, we need to start listening to some people that are different than us. Yeah, that's great. But biblically, right? Does does the Bible speak about this? Does the Bible talk about this idea of being open minded, hearing different perspectives, or is there anything like that that you can think of that maybe we could really pull from from Scripture? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I mean, you you look at Jesus first, I think, and his example of always trying to relate to the people that he was speaking to. Hmm. Right? He spoke to different crowds. People followed him, but um, he would go into different environments, but he would always try to relate to what their perspective was. Mm -hmm. If, you know, they were hungry, he was going to feed them. You know, if they had some type of physical need, he did healing. Um, he taught and he confronted the Pharisees when they need to be confronted. So, you know, I think there's just, it's not one size fits all. I think that mm -hmm. sometimes we, again, going back to our echo, echo chamber, we're like one size fits all. This is, I want to know exactly. And I want everybody like me. And then we have the answers. Yeah. No, the answers, the, the truth is the same. Biblical truth, the gospel, that doesn't, doesn't change, change, doesn't change. But the way we talk about it with certain people in our lives that we come in contact with, I think has to be, it, you know, there's different ways to package it. That's why there's, you know, more, more than one sermon, more than one way to share right. the gospel. Right. You know, the, I mean, the gospel truth is still the same what Jesus did, and it's it's grace alone, all of that. But uh, I still think, though, so yeah, I think you have to, like, you know, our whole theme is in all things. God works in all things. And so I think when you think about perspective, it's saying, okay, in all things means in everything that you're going through and that he's going through and that the people in my life are going through. So I need to learn from them. Mm -hmm. you, you brought up um, the Brock Strong Foundation earlier. I was thinking about perspective. Um, Terry and Christy Johnson have a perspective on losing a child that mm -hmm. I don't have. And there's sometimes, because we're such close friends with, with them, there's times when I don't understand how it feels mm -hmm. in, in their life and mm -hmm. what they're going through. you know. And it, it's just a perspective that... I can't speak to, mm -hmm. but I can try to empathize mm -hmm. and understand as mm -hmm. much as I can and be sensitive to. Mm -hmm. And everybody that we encounter in life has something mm -hmm. that's different than us. Mm -hmm. I mean, even though we were raised the same, we're different. We have mm -hmm. different things that, that affect us differently because of other things that have happened in our lives. So mm -hmm. therefore, um, I think this whole conversation is about seeing God in all things, but mm -hmm. it's seeing God that he works in different ways with different people. Yeah. And if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we look at his example and how he loved and how he confronted and how he was compassionate and he had all these different qualities mm -hmm. that we should strive for in our lives. Yeah, I think you hit on something really huge of saying, you know, I could never speak to that 
But what I can do is empathize with that. Right. You know, I think maybe what we're called to do in situations like what we brought up at the beginning of this conversation of racial inequity in our in our country, you and I can never speak to that. Right. But what we can do is we can we can empathize. We can try our best to to sit with them and to feel what they're feeling because you and I will never feel it. Right. And that, like you said, somebody has everything. Everybody has something, right. something that they have going right. on that you and other people will never feel right. right. And, and so it's, if we have a situation like that, whatever it may be, losing a child or, or anything, but we right. just say, man, I can never speak to that. I hope I never have to speak to that because it is painful and it does hurt. And it is something that, you know, is different than my perspective. But what I can do is just be there with you. What I can do is just, you know, ask if I can do anything. What I can do is pray. What I can do right. is all those different types of things. When I think about Jesus who, you know, ate with prostitutes and tax collectors right. and, and the religious people were mad at him for that. When I picture him at those dinners, I don't picture him like, Hey, here's my three point sermon on why, on why your life is wrong. What I picture him doing is sitting there and saying, Hey, Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's, how's this going? Hey, let's talk. Let's right. like conversating, not dominating, but right. conversating with the people that culture told him wasn't supposed to talk to. Right. right? Um, a podcast I was listening to that was speaking on this idea of, of perspective yet again was saying, you know, with somebody who has a story that you can never tell, when's the last time you've just went and, and, and asked them how they are? When's the last time you've just went and sat with them? When's mm-hmm. the last time you've just went and tried to learn from them because you could never learn, uh, you know, you can never mm-hmm. experience it. And I just think that's a really, really big point for us to take away from this is stop trying to have all the answers, have all the words to say, have, oh, well, one time I experienced this and it's kind of similar. No, it's probably not, right? right just right. emphasize with them. Just be there I, yeah, with them. I think that's take huge. A breath. I just think sometimes just take a breath yeah. and don't be offended so quickly. Yeah. And uh, don't think, you know, don't judge them so quickly as wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. sin is sin, but that's what we're talking about. We're mm-hmm. talking about perspective. And we're so quick to, to make an opinion of somebody and label them. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's sad to me. And we don't hear and learn. It doesn't mean that you change your views on everything because of one person's view is different than yours. But mm-hmm. you have to learn to listen. And I can't help but think a little bit about the sermon from yesterday, Iron Sharpening Iron. Like, um, one of the things that I appreciate you do for me is that you point out things that are blind spots. Sometimes I don't see because of sometimes just my perspective or age. And like, I, I appreciate that. And sometimes I will tell you like, well, the perspective that you're not seeing is this mm-hmm. and we need people like that. But sometimes the people that um, really help us and become iron in our lives that sharpen us are people that are just different mm-hmm. and not, and that maybe even we don't line up with in every area, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Cause they might sharpen us in an area that we need. Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's a challenge, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a young youth pastor that I listen to, um, who travels and speaks, and he had this really interesting story. And I, I think you'll like it because it speaks to us a little bit more as pastors, mm-hmm. but it goes along with this idea of perspective. He said that he was, he was preaching to his students mm-hmm. and, and he had this big story about his AirPods at the gym and he was telling this whole story and it was a whole big point about connection and all this stuff, you know, typical right. pastor cheesy illustration, but he travels and he goes to this camp. And it was like an inner city camp and he got to speak to thousands of students and, mm-hmm. and he gets up and he goes to, and he's going to do the same sermon because it was canned. He knew it. Right. And he starts going right. and he's like, nobody's responding. Like, like my students were laughing. They mm-hmm. thought it was hilarious. And he, and he comes off stage and he goes over to the pastor of the church and he's like, can I be honest? Like, I didn't feel like that landed at all. Right. And the pastor said, well, not a single kid in this room can afford AirPods. Right. And it just kind of hit him <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah. I didn't even think about right. that. Like I didn't even think that even, you know, the culture of this room was different than what I usually speak to. You yes. know, like, yeah, I know. Just, it's just something to that think is about. something like I, I was uh, texting last night with Devi, our friend here on our staff, who's out actually this weekend speaking at a retreat across the country in 
in uh, Washington State near Seattle, and he was saying, how do you know when your sermon has landed, when it really impacted? It's like it's, you walk off the stage and you feel like you poured yourself out. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, that's a we should make that a podcast <laughs> conversation because I don't – I can tell you there's sometimes when you're like, you just know, and then sometimes you just know you feel like it totally flopped. But most of the time in the middle somewhere yeah. where you don't know. And I said, but I will tell you this. It is much harder, I believe, to go to some random youth group that you don't know thousands of miles away and speak to them because you don't know them. Mm-hmm. I said so much for me. I said I love, love, love speaking to my congregation. I said going as a guest speaker somewhere, if if it's a different area, different uh, group of people, different kind of congregation, I don't know them as well. And I love knowing my people because mm-hmm. I can speak with illustrations right. about AirPods that I know most of them have, but right. um, it's so so. No one, no one here, the audience is as important, obviously, as a youth pastor, as a pastor, as as somebody like that. But in, in every way, like sometimes yeah. we just we're 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 not relating well because we're not engaged enough to right. realize who we're talking to. Yeah, it's it, this conversation. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. I remember I, we're sharing lots of stories today, but I remember. Uh, when I went to Montenegro for two weeks in 2017 on a missions trip. And the first time when we got there to Montenegro, we were staying in a university that was, nobody was there for the summer. So we got to stay there mm-hmm. in the dorms and everything. And we were in the common area hanging out right when we got there. And I was sitting there on the couch and I put my feet up on the table because, hey, I'm hanging out. It's kind of like a coffee table right. looking thing. And that's what I did. And I, I was sitting there and talking to my friends and they were kind of like giving me this side eye and I'm kind of like, what's going on? Like, and there's people from Montenegro that are in this room with us, our translators, things like that. And I'm just kind of sitting there hanging out and my friend finally hits me and he's like, they do not do that here. Like if you put your foot up on the table, it's a huge sign of disrespect. Right. And I just kind of you know, <laughs> slowly moved my foot off the table, but like that, I had no idea. Right. right? And right. there's like, and we could talk about mission trips and traveling oh. out of country oh, and things like that. Yeah. I'm sure Davi, I know we use him, but like he's from Brazil. His, right. he tells me all the time, the, his culture is so different than ours. Right. Right. And perspective is just a huge, huge, huge topic. It is. It is. I, yeah. We could tell stories all day about mission yeah. trips and things like that. And that's why they're so, I think so valuable. Another reason why they're so valuable for, for mm-hmm. students and for college age to get to go to, because they just, seeing a different perspective of a different world yeah. um, in our world, but a different country and the way people live differently and understanding that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I, we've said it before on this podcast, I think in one or two episodes, but I want to go back to the point that the conversation that you have matters just as much as how you have it. Okay. So with these, this idea of perspective, talking to people that maybe will never feel what they feel, will never understand what they feel, go, how we go into that conversation matters just as much as the conversation we actually have. Mm-hmm. If I approach a conversation with somebody and, and I have the facts and I have it all lined out and I know that I'm going to try to argue with him, well, everything in my tone, how I talk is going to come out that way. But if I approach a conversation with empathy, with mm-hmm. love, with, hey, I, I want to understand, I don't understand, with humility, with those different mm-hmm. types of things, that's going to reflect in the conversation. I don't have to have all the perfect right. words. I don't have to have all the things to say. I don't have to pretend that I'm feeling exactly what they're feeling. But if I show up with love and with mm-hmm. empathy, like we keep going back to, and just saying, hey, I, I'll never have your perspective, but I want to know more. I want right. to understand a little bit better. I think that speaks volumes compared to anything that you yeah. and I, really anybody could say to somebody. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you agree. No, but, I do agree because I, I, you and I and been in conversations with other people at the same time, and we've been like within a minute, we're like, oh man, this person is a know-it-all. 
mm-hmm. and there's nowhere this is going to go. Right. But, you know, they have their perspective and this is going to just be an annoying conversation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then as soon as we get away from it, like, how'd you feel about that? I'm like, oh, yeah. And and so I don't want to be that person. I don't want to ever be the person. I mean, sometimes people will come to us because they think, you know, we have advice and hopefully we have biblical godly advice for mm-hmm. people when they're asking. And when they want our opinion, I don't think we should shy away from giving our opinion. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's not what everybody wants. Right. If I just sometimes people just want a conversation. They don't right. want your opinion. Right. They don't want your facts. They don't want to know what CNN or Fox News said. They they, they don't need that. They just right. want to, they want to talk. Right. I think I think it's a big moment in, in every person who follows Jesus. I think there's a there's a mature step that has to happen when you take a step back and yet again, you step away from this idea of perspective, this problem of perspective right. that we're talking about. I think it's a maturing step in your faith when you realize the way that you see the world mm-hmm. is probably not the way that everybody else sees the world. I think it changes the way you love people. Mm-hmm. It changes the way that you have conversations. It changes the way that you present truth, right. right? I think you, as Christ followers, we all have to have that moment where we take a step back and we say, okay, in my, in my job, in my school, in my family, and wherever, there are a handful of different perspectives and conversations. Yes. And the way that I approach all these different perspectives and all these different viewpoints, if I can approach it with love and humility and, and ask questions and figure different things out, that's going to matter so much more and reflect Jesus so much more than me showing up and saying, here's the truth. Here's what I believe. Here's the right answer. I right. read this on Twitter. I follow this person. Okay, that's that's not going to move the needle near as much than showing up and just saying, "Hey, that's right. let's talk." I know. I'm like, I'm. I mean, so the whole thing with Christians and politics, like, I am politically conservative, and I'm not going to hide that from you. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not going to tell you. No, I am politically conservative. But listen. There are people that think differently that I believe also believe in Jesus as well. And I am trying in my life to listen to their perspectives. I might not agree with them, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, they have a perspective for a reason. And I want to understand it better because I want to relate to as many people as possible. It doesn't mean I'm all of a sudden going to agree with them. Like Mm -hmm. there are some things that I believe are immoral and I'm not going to agree with no matter what. But there are some things I need to understand better mm-hmm. because otherwise, I mean, like half of our country is one way and half is over right. here. So like, I want to, I don't want to just focus on this half. I mm-hmm. want to focus on everybody. Yeah. I think Jesus called us to love Republicans and Democrats and independents mm-hmm. and black and white and mm-hmm. red and yellow. Like we sang when we were kids, you know, yeah. like, you know, that's just, I, I hate the division of our right. country, but I think so much of it goes back to, your point in this podcast is perspective mm-hmm. is we choose to live in our bubble with our perspective and we don't want to hear anything because it's just hard. Right. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It makes us uncomfortable yeah. and we don't like it. Right. I mean, we got into it the other day, just uh, you, Davi and I talking at, at McDonald's about mm-hmm. this topic, a little bit about mm-hmm. MLK day and just perspectives and we got kind of tense just talking about it, just, mm-hmm. you know, all in good and good fun, but in good conversation. Mm-hmm. And just because it can get very tense because um, when we say things, maybe we say them just to sometimes incite each other, just to get a reaction, mm-hmm. just to kind of see. But the the truth is, there's some deep things in us that mm-hmm. that that are seated in us, and we need to be open minded to listen. At least doesn't mean we change. Listen. Mm-hmm. And I think we walked away from that conversation like, man, that was good. Like, it was yeah, good. You know, we were a little bit tense, and we had a good right. like an hour long conversation at yeah. McDonald's, but. Yeah. 
it was good. Like yeah, it was no, like, man, no. that, different perspectives and different yeah. ideas. And, yeah. and I think you brought up a good point of like, this doesn't mean that you have to agree with everybody. No. Right. And I don't think we're called to do that either. I think no. we are, there is a truth. There no. is biblical truth. There is, you can have strong convictions. You can have all of those things, right? Yeah. We're not saying yeah. everybody you listen to, oh man, I'm just apathetic about everything. And I just, I I'm kind of neutral on every issue. Yeah. And we're not saying that either. You don't have to label everybody either. And like, well, I walk away from that. You guys are woke, you know, because <laughs> of the way you think about certain things. No, no. Like, right. you know, we just, I think it's just so easy to get frustrated mm-hmm. and just like oh, throw my hands up. Mm-hmm. I just want it to be easy. Right. That's not like it's, it's it's not black and white. No, <laughs> a lot no. of these conversations that we're having are not. No, a lot of these conversations are, are bigger than that. And when you take a step back, you take a deep breath, you realize your perspective might be different than this person. Right. Then kind of that gray area starts to flood in. You realize, okay, okay. like th- this is a bigger conversation than maybe what I used to believe right. or what I. I I, I held at one point. Correct. So anyway, th- we're going to wrap this this uh, conversation up, but I kind of did want to end on that point of with this, with this podcast as a whole, we're going to keep trying to present different conversations, topics, guests that make you guys think. Okay. That's a big reason why we started this was to create conversations and present conversations and ideals and topics that maybe challenge you guys. And, and so what I want to challenge you with as we end today is don't just walk away neutral from this. With these conversations, what we want, we'd rather have you disagree with us than just be neutral. We'd rather have you disagree with us or agree with us or just think about it, (laughs) wrestle with it and and make it yours. We don't want to just sit here for 45 minutes and ramble and then have you guys just turn it off and go on about your day. Right. That's not why we do Uh, this. I enjoy their conversation. No, no, no. Like I would say challenge, I would challenge those that are listening to engage this week in one conversation with somebody that's different than you. Mm. Like, you know, you know, you know who I'm talking about right now in your mind, somebody popped into your mind, probably those that are listening, Mm -hmm. somebody that, that maybe you work with or your neighbor Mm -hmm. could be in your family and just engage with them in a, in an open-minded conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could be politically. It could be culturally. It could be, it could be anything, but just talk to somebody different than you this week. I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. But if you disagree with us, let us know. If you agree with us, let us know, but don't stay neutral on these things that we're talking about. (laughs) Have an opinion, wrestle with it and come up with how you're going to live, live it out in the next couple of weeks. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, anyway, this has been fun. Anything you want to add on our, our, our topic, our conversation on perspective today? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, then we will see you next week on the End All Things Podcast. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things Podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org and make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.